Guy's Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Okay, welcome to Guy's Guy's Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best. Guy's Guy's Radio. We're here to inform you and to inspire you and empower you and hopefully to get you to think, to feel, and maybe even act by way of my guests and my insights, journeys, stories, etc., to help you in your day-to-day living and make the best life you can possibly make for yourself. We try to add value and get you new information, new perspectives, and new techniques to help you get the best out of life because everybody's so busy and there's so much fear-mongering out there and so much divisiveness, obviously, in our country that it's good to get some fresh information that's apolitical and things that can really maybe help you uh, feel better, uh, look better, do better, think better, and really feel the best you can about yourself. Because it all starts with each one of us. We have to feel good about ourselves and we have to love ourselves because we can do, we can love or share that with anybody else. It all starts from within. And as they say, and I truly believe, all the answers are within. You just got to go in there and get it. Uh, our special guest today, we've got somebody really cool. He's the best-selling author. His name is Dawson Church. And he writes about uh, the brain, really, neuroscience and remodeling your brain for resilience, creativity, and joy. The new book is called Bliss Brain. We're going to talk about that, and we're going to get into uh, some of the tools that we have at our disposal to really help rewire our brains uh, to become more aligned with uh, joy, abundance, good health, etc. And uh, these are tools that you can put into practice and see if they work for you. Um, We're going to talk about meditation. We're going to talk about uh, echo meditation, which is a technique that uh, Dawson has. We're going to talk about emotional freedom technique, EFT, which is tapping, which is basically uh, reprogramming your subconscious um, through uh, the tapping of, uh, I don't know, six or seven different meridians in your body uh, to, uh, to make create changes on your neural pathways. So it's really interesting stuff because the brain, as, as you may know, you know, we don't use as much of our brain as, that is there, and there's a lot more we can tap into. And anytime we learn new ways of really tapping into the powers of our brain, uh, the better off we're going to be. And so Dawson Church is going to help us with that on Guys Guys Radio. So it's going to be a great show. Uh, we'll get there uh, with the interview in a couple minutes. Let's talk about what's going on. Now, obviously, and you know, I don't get into a lot of politics and stuff, but uh, now we have a new president-elect and everybody's kind of looking at each other and wondering, okay, how are we going to do this? So I think, you know, with the election, uh, I think the COVID and the divisiveness were the big issues because uh, I think no matter what side of the fence you're on, you know, the COVID thing, you know, people are saying herd immunity and just let it run its course. That doesn't seem to be working. And in my opinion, until you kind of can corral this pandemic, the economy is going to have a tough time bouncing back because as long as people keep getting sick, the rest of us are who are healthy are going to be concerned about getting out there and mixing it up, spending money, investing in things, going out to eat, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, you know, addressing, opening things up completely in some ways you could argue kind of addresses the symptom and then we hope that'll just, the virus will run its course. But on the other hand, you know, until you get to the cause, until you can control the cause, 
it's really going to be difficult to reignite our economy. So think of it this way. If, if the virus was kind of contained, I would suspect that the economy would be in a very good position to bounce back because we had a strong economy for whatever reasons, the tax breaks, etc. Things were kind of motoring along. And what's really gotten in the way is the COVID. So I think... Uh, we have to still think about coming up with a strategy to kind of corral this thing and learn from some other countries what they've done to, to address it. And that's not pointing fingers at anybody, but obviously you got to have some type of a plan. And I think that one of the reasons why the votes went the way they went was that people were uncomfortable as to like, hey, we're on our own. We, we don't, you know, as, what's, what's the strategy here? And I think people got afraid and said, you know, we better, we better do something. So that was one issue. And... Um, I think some of the other things where, you know, that I learned from this is that, you know, the two-party system kind of stinks where you have A or B, and in a lot of ways they're not that much different, and we need a lot more choices here. So uh, I have no problem with keeping Democrats and Republicans, but I think we need some more parties to kind of mix things up and make it more inclusive because you have to admit in the last four years it was like, okay, one side won, and they kind of ignored the other side, and really to be inclusive you have to take into consideration what the other side thinks. So hopefully the president-elect will consider what the other side, the 70 million people who did not vote for him, what they have to say, and will incorporate that in future policies. And that would be a good start to kind of unifying us, I think. The other thing is that, you know, 2020 has been such a crazy year. But you know what? If you got to look for the silver lining, because with some of the time off that people have had, they've had an opportunity to go within. They've had an opportunity to kind of come up with new ideas. And this is not minimizing the, the pain, the suffering, the hurt, the economic hardships that have been going on. But chaos can create opportunities sometimes. So we have to always, no matter what, keep it positive, work on ourselves when we have that downtime, and see if we can make, you know, lemonade. And I'm not I'm try, trying to be cute about this. Obviously, a lot of people have been really hurt and people have lost family members, but we have to be in a position where we say, how can we navigate this and how can we see the silver lining here and how can we make things get better? And we have to do stuff. We have to have a plan and we have to do stuff. So I think we're all kind of learning that. And uh, and again, the, the two-party system kind of doesn't work. And then even our choices for president, they're both guys who are like 74 and over. And you know, is that it? Uh, you know, it's like really, uh, even women, men in their 50s, 40s, whatever, seem to be a little more full of vitality than our, what our choices were. So I think people are kind of waking up to the fact that we're not really been given enough choice to our benefit. And they're going to want more. And people are going to, from both sides, keep asking a lot of questions and really uh, pay attention to what's going on. So I think that's, that's a good thing. There's been a lot of bad things, but you know, there are some good things that people are starting to open up their eyes and saying, hey, I don't really like what's going on from either side. So anyhow, food for thought. I don't like to get into politics, but I try to keep it apolitical about the issues itself and the common sense aspect of it and the rationale. So I hope you can bear with me and uh, this one time. So anyhow, hopefully we can move together, uh, forward together and make the best of things and uh, get back to the America that used to be, if you will, um, 
but it's going to take some time and it's going to take some, some compassion from everybody. So Guys Guys Radio, my special guest, Dawson Church. This is your host, Robert Manny, ready to get into our interview. Let's do it. It's Guys Guy Radio. I've got a very special guest today. His name is Dawson Church. He's a PhD, an award-winning science writer. He's got three best-selling books to his credit. The Genie in Your Genes was his first book to demonstrate that emotions drive gene expression. Mind to Matter uh, showed that the brain creates much of what we think of as objective reality. And the new book that we're going to spend most of the time on today, it's called Bliss Brain. It's a really amazing book, and it demonstrates that peak mental states rapidly remodel the brain for happiness. So we can, we can kind of reframe our, the software and our subconscious to uh, put us on more of a happiness trail, if you will. Uh, Dawson has conducted dozens of clinical trials. He founded the National Institute for Integrative Healthcare to promote groundbreaking new treatments. He shares how to apply the breakthroughs of energy psychology to health and personal performance through the emotional freedom technique, EFT Universe, uh, one of the largest alternative medicine sites on the web, EFTUniverse.com. So it is my pleasure and honor to welcome Dawson Church to Guys Guys Radio. Hello there, Dawson. Hi, Robert. It's a great pleasure to be here. Thank you. Now, uh, you've got these three different books. Um, uh, the first one is kind of The Gene in Your Genes, A Link Between Emotions and Genetics, Mind to Matter, then Science of Mental States, and the newest one, Bliss Brain, that we just touched on. But I want to start at the beginning because uh, it seems like, uh, you know, it's a very big coincidence that um, you had your, your house burned down and it was a tipping point for your work. I had another guest recently who's doing great work and his house burned down. I had two other recent guests who both had surprise surgeries, and I just had an emergency appendectomy that was life-threatening about two and a half weeks ago. So I'm wondering, um, and this isn't on the script, so to speak, but do you think that people who are on a specific path during this time of what they talk about, quote-unquote, ascension, are running through these traumatic uh, experiences as part of our uh, growth acceleration? Well. Virtually everyone has traumatic experiences, and in a series of experiments starting in the 1970s at Harvard, the researchers showed that even something as seemingly innocuous as not getting emotional cues from a parent can actually traumatize a young baby. And so it's not just the car crash or, or doing military service and seeing dead bodies that can traumatize you, give you PTSD. Even se seemingly very small things like a lack of parental attention can result in traumatic cues in the brain. And so what we have to learn to do is have resilience. And that's the crucial thing. And in Bliss Brain, I talk about groups of people like these, these Franciscan nuns who spend 25,000 hours in, in contemplation, Tibetan monks who spend 10,000 hours of meditation. And what people don't often realize is these are often traumatized people. These are people who's, who may have been driven from their homes, they may have been refugees, they may have been tortured. And so um, that seems to produce those difficult traumatic events in resilient people actually produce what I call, what I talk about in the book, they produce post-traumatic growth, not post-traumatic stress disorder. And you actually use these 
adverse events in life as catalysts for growth. So yes, absolutely, uh, for people who are, who are in a spiritual practice, for people who are seeking an elevated state, you actually use difficult things like the wildfire that burns down your home, your mortgage being underwater, the divorce, whatever it might be, those can actually, the pressure and the energy of those can catalyze further growth. Mm -hmm. Now, as a uh, uh, advanced clinical master hypnotist, we would work with some couple of things. One is uh, somebody, let's say they had, they were afraid of water. They didn't know why. Obviously, they weren't born being afraid of water. And then when we would do a regression, we'd find out like, oh, okay, you were flailing around in the pool that day and mommy was sipping a martini talking to the lifeguard and she didn't notice. And uh, that experience made you afraid of water. And then that the trauma from that can be then embedded in your organs and, and your subconscious and kind of stored there. And you have to find, I mean, there's ways to get that out of you. Does that, does that make sense, Dawson? Oh, definitely. And people often feel a vague sense of unease that things weren't right in their, in, in their bodies, in their lives, without being able to pinpoint what those events are. And so for people who had the car crash, for people who had the sexual abuse or the physical abuse, or the bullying, they can point to an event and say, it was that that triggered my post-traumatic stress. But for many of us, there are these things that we bury in our muscles, bury in our subconscious that happened a long time ago. And for example, a two-year-old who is not getting his or her needs better or is being abused, they don't have the, the vocabulary to explain this or the same brain pathways to memorize this. But nonetheless, those are locked, those experiences are locked in their muscles, locked in their bodies. We call those trauma capsules in PTSD research. And so often in that trauma capsule, everything that happened back then is locked and coded by the body and the brain in that in that like that cocoon. And inside of that, all that suffering exists. So the, the, the as children, these trauma capsules were highly adaptive. We needed to, to deal with our abusive family, our parents, our brothers, our sisters, bad things going on in the world. And so we buried them. And that made perfect sense when you were five. If you're still doing that and dissociating and burying your trauma capsules when you're 55, then um, you've, you've, you've missed a big chance to, 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 to grow and heal. So the work of being an adult is to go face your past, use these amazing advanced healing tools I talk about in Bliss Brain and my other books, and actually go and approach and learn to deal with and pull up those old traumatic events. And what the research shows is it's crystal clear that you can heal a traumatic past. You don't have to keep on dragging this stuff with you day after day, week after week, because it's producing really adverse effects in your body the adverse childhood experiences study at Kaiser showed that people who don't heal their past have higher rates of cancer, heart mm -hmm. disease, diabetes, hepatitis, obesity, all kinds of things. So it's really essential to find the tools and then go and pull out those traumatic events, work with them, and release that traumatic stress. Do you think, uh, Dawson, that uh, some of these uh, experiences could come from even our karmic or come from past lives, or you don't get into that? I don't get into that because it's not provable. And all my books are evidence-based. That is what the evidence shows us is possible. But um, whatever the explanatory framework, and, and so for example, if you believe in karma or past lives, that can be your explanatory framework for how you feel right now. Mm -hmm. we, we teach people in our training and certification programs that does it matter if that's objectively true? And the answer is no. 
The answer is, is it subjectively and therapeutically useful? And if you want to believe in a past life, you want to believe in karma, if you want to believe in whatever your spiritual tradition is, that's great. If you don't, if you're an atheist, I mean, the, the research shows that atheists have as many as high a proportion of uh, experiences like clairvoyance and telepathy and psychokinesis and distant healing as uh, these are part of the, the human experience. So you don't have to believe in those things and you can heal regardless of your framework. Okay, let's uh, take a half step back. Um, the name of the new book is called Bliss Brain, the Neuroscience of Remodeling Your Brain for Resilience, Creativity and Joy. Now, you're, tell us about the path from your first book, The Genie in Your Genes, uh, to mind to matter to bliss brain and uh, the kind of inciting incident on bliss brain is your your house burned down and it created a whole series of changes for you so let's take a step back to bring ourselves forward yeah well um genie in your genes was my first sort of huge breakthrough idea and there was a lot of research on epigenetics that got going in the late 1990s early 2000s and research showed that factors like belief and altruism, compassion, we're changing things like the levels of stress hormones, cortisol, adrenaline, and neurotransmitters in your brain. So here we had invisible states of consciousness literally producing molecular changes in the body. Now, just step back and think about how remarkable it is that you change your thoughts and you literally have a shift in function of your body. You're changing your levels of hormones and neurotransmitters. And what I then reasoned was that we must therefore be changing the expression of our genes, turning genes on, turning genes off. And there was no experimental proof of that back in 2005 when I wrote the book. But by the time I wrote the second edition in 2013, there were 12 studies showing that emotions affect gene expression. By, 2013, by, the, by the following edition, 2015, there were hundreds of studies showing that our inner states literally are turning genes on and off. In one of the studies of the book, we showed that uh, an hour of acupressure tapping, tapping at acupressure points, mm -hmm. changed the expression of 72 genes. And randomized controlled trial ended with veterans, we showed that six sessions of that same therapy literally were dialing up genes that suppress inflammation and promote immunity. So we now have experimental proof from dozens of studies that the states of consciousness are literally turning genes on and off. And so the gene in your genes is all about what those states are, and 12 evidence-based practices you can use in your own life that will shift you in those ways. Then I went to Mind to Matter, and that, 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 that book was more or less, uh, it began just as a, as a light-hearted exploration of, do our minds really affect material reality? I mean, how true is this whole idea that as you change your thoughts, the external world changes. Obviously, when I change my thoughts, my internal world changes, and my hormones and neurotransmitters change, but does it change the outside world? And there is such a body of fascinating evidence that shows that as you change your thinking, you literally are shifting the configuration of molecules around you. One example is, right, you took a sip of water a minute ago, I'm taking one right now, and um, in some amazing experiments, the researchers showed that the water molecule literally shifts its bonding angle when there's intention going into it. And so the water molecule is a very simple molecule, one big oxygen, two little hydrogen atoms, H2O, and the, the angle of that bond is 104 degrees. 
It just never is affected by whether the water is liquid or gas. So the water's always got that same stable molecular angle. But when you take, say, for example, a heating touch practitioner and have them bless that water, the bonding angle changes. When you take that blessed water and water plants with it, those plants grow stronger and bigger and have more chlorophyll compared to those watered with identical water that's not been treated. So we are literally in... In, in various ways, changing the outside world. And one amazing experiment, the researchers were looking at mice with cancer and having a healer send healing intention to a group of mice in one lab and not in another. And then the way the experiment worked was that at random intervals, the researcher would get a little beep on his cell phone. He'd send healing intention to these, these mice only in the one room for about 20 minutes or so. And the researchers had a device measuring the electromagnetic field of the earth, of the room, right below both cages of mice. In the, in the control group, in a distant building, nothing changed about the field. In the experimental group, during that, that 20 minutes, and only during those random intervals, did that field change, and it changed by 20%. So intention was associated with a change of 20% in the actual literal electromagnetic field of, of life in that room. So it's remarkable what we can do with our minds, and there are all kinds of stories in the book about people healing cancer, about people making money, about people doing all kinds of things in the outside world purely on the basis of changes of mind. Okay. Before we get to move into Bliss Brain, I just want two points on uh, the first two books. Uh, one is it sounds like, uh, which I believe that people are creating their lives moment by moment, and the presence is all that counts. And with our the power of intention, it has amazing implications and powerful implications to what we experience, what we see, what we send out there, and it can affect a lot of things. The other thing is that... Um, uh, emotional freedom technique um, for our listeners. If you could just give a quick summary what that is, because it's a very simple practice of tapping and how, how people can use that without going into a too deep of a dive, but it is an important, very simple practice that anybody can use. And of course, I'm not suggesting people who are listening out there, if you're driving or something, don't start tapping, but you can learn a lot more about it. Dawson's going to tell us where we can get more information, but it's effective and it's simple. It's effective, and it's been shown to be effective in over 100 clinical trials. And it's simply thinking about the bad stuff. So you want to think about the, whatever traumatic trigger there is, a memory, a belief, an idea, a current situation in your life, a future feared outcome. And then you, you stimulate your acupuncture meridians. And these are meridians that run through your body. They're easily, easily measurable by, by various devices. And by tapping on them, you alter the energy flows. And so just the way an acupuncturist puts a needle in and unblocks the energy by tapping, you do the same thing. So research now shows that when you do this, the um, emotional parts of the brain, the hippocampus, the amygdala, all of the emotional limbic system components of the brain calm down. In one MRI study, people were uh, tested before and after tapping. And before tapping, their emotional midbrains were highly lit up by certain cues. After tapping, they weren't. So tapping literally shuts down the emotional responses in the brain, and you then just have your life minus all that negative emotion you otherwise would have. And it makes a huge difference. Like one, one veteran I worked with, um, he had a, 
uh, a terrible set of experiences as a medic in Iraq. Mm-hmm. He his, his his very first week, he had to recover the remains of a friend of his who had been killed, and he had to clean the uniform of all the blood and body fluids of his friend. And you, you just can't imagine. I mean, this guy's triggering was just through the roof. As he remembered the event, he had to literally um, stand outside the hut he was doing this in, run inside with the bleach, clean a little bit of the uniform and run outside for a breath of fresh air. He was so triggered by this. And then after tapping the next day, he could tell the whole story. Now he had all the compassion for his friend there. He had all the positive emotion. He just was no longer triggered by the negative emotion. And we've now got got dozens of clinical trials showing that this works. That in a nutshell is what it does. It removes the negative emotion that we associate with the memory. So how uh, often, and then we'll move on to Bliss Brain, I promise, uh, does somebody need to do that, uh, depending, I guess, on how traumatic the situation or incident was, how often does somebody need to do tapping? And would you recommend that people tap every day and just make it a standard practice? Whenever you're stressed. And I recommend both meditation and tapping, because meditation brings you to a good baseline early in the morning, especially early morning meditation brings you to this feeling of pretty high well-being. Then when you're stressed during the day and you lose that sense of well-being, that's when you tap. Or when you have a memory or a thought or a belief that pulls you out of that sense of well-being, that's when you tap. So whatever it is that triggers you, that's Mm -hmm. when you use tapping. Got it. Okay. My special guest on Guys Guys Radio is Dawson Church. PhD, Bliss Brain, the neuroscience of remodeling your brain for resilience, creativity, and joy. So take us through your journey that led you to this very important book. And I know things started out with your house burning down. Yeah, and that was a terrible day for my wife and I. We she woke me up in the middle of the night. It was 12:45 a.m. I looked at the alarm clock, it was blinking 12:45. I looked out. She said, something's really wrong. Window, there was this glow on the horizon. I walked out onto the deck outside our bedroom. And this wildfire was just sweeping down the adjoining valley toward the hilltop where we lived. And so I just yelled, we're getting out of here right now. We ran through the house, grabbed the car keys and our cell phones, sprinted for the car. And then as we drove out, she looked up because she felt all this heat on the top of her her head, she looked up from the moon roof, and all the branches were on fire above her head. We got out of there just in the nick of time, and again, we lost our everything, all our possessions. Uh, our office building was on the same property that burned down, and so suddenly we found ourselves in this this state of you know having to to, to deal with the fire in its aftermath. We were we were we were just as we were dazed, we were confused, we were we had all, all the symptoms of of of, of post traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. And it took us. Uh, about two years to really get back on our feet again. And so we used meditation. And I, I'll never forget the, the second day after the fire. I woke up that morning and I said to my wife, Christine, I said, darling, this is an emergency. We have to meditate right now. And as we meditated that morning in a hotel room a long way away from the fires, as we meditated, we literally felt ourselves drop into our bodies. And Robert, this may seem incredible, but After the meditation, we began to joke about some of the stuff we had in the house that we hated. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There were things we didn't like there. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, we don't have to worry about those anymore. Like I had several repairs I was supposed to make on the house. And I could, I I turned to her and said, you know, I don't have to make those repairs anymore. I I, I texted the manager, our office manager who ran our business. And the office had burned down and there's nothing left. And we got the photographs back from people who, 
who photographed the property, and they showed a concrete slab and a layer of ash on top, and that was all that was left. So I texted the office manager, who's seen these pictures as well, and I said, Heather, we've had this goal for the last three years of having a paperless office, and we've met our goal. We can't <laughs> jokes about wow. the fire. This is just a couple mm -hmm. of days later. So it's not like we were joking about it in every possible way. I mean, we had to go through grief and loss. Also, a lot of people died. 22 people died in that fire. Them were neighbors of ours within 100 yards of our home. So we grieved. I mean, we, 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 we cried. We had all of that grief. But we had perspective and we had resilience. And so I, I wanted to write a book about that after the fire because this isn't just bliss brain feeling good. This is bliss brain. I, I also look, I look, for example, at the MRI studies of those Tibetan monks or Franciscan nuns who spent 25,000 hours in these elevated states. And these people, even though some of them have had tragic histories, they are seriously happy. When we measure brain waves like gamma, which is the signature wave of creativity, of bliss, of integration, they have extraordinary amounts of gamma. Their brains are not functioning like the average person's brain functions. So I wanted to write a book that shows people how to do this. Because now with our high-resolution MRIs, with EEGs, we've literally re-engineered those states of that Zen master or that Franciscan nun or that, that person in Samadhi. And we can train people into those states very, very quickly. In a retreat I did in, in, in uh, December, January, we, had, we measured people's EEGs before and after seven days of tapping, of meditation, of using really advanced new techniques to evoke these states. And after that week, people could get there in four minutes or less, not 10,000 hours, not 40 years of Zen. I mean, in under four minutes, they were in that state. One woman in under 47 seconds she was in the state of this full-blown samadhi, this nirvana-like state. So now science is showing us how to actually train people in these states. And, and Bliss Brain is all about how now anyone can be trained to do this. It doesn't take a lot of training. It doesn't take you know, $10,000. It doesn't take, doesn't take going to a convent or going to the Himalayas. It doesn't take believing in any kind of spiritual belief. It's just stuff you do with your body, with your brain. And suddenly, you're in this seriously happy space. Robert Manny, host of Guys Guys Radio. My special guest is Dawson Church. We're talking about his new book, Bliss Brain. Uh, Dawson, in the book, you mention uh, the flow state, and you mentioned something else which is, ties into that is this deep level of meditation you can get to quickly. So let me give you a little uh, example. What I do each morning is I, I wake up, I sit at the edge of my bed, and I do a five to 10 minute meditation. Uh, using self-hypnosis, I can bring myself down pretty quickly. And then I do a zero balancing between the earth and the, uh, you know, peak uh, up in the sky all the way up there and put a triangular protective around me, et cetera, et cetera. And the whole process takes about 15 minutes. And then I actually have added some dowsing afterwards with intention and it, a, a simple tool. And it just helps with intention. How can people, our listeners uh, who meditate, um, get into that flow state very quickly? That is the key question, Robert, because normally it takes people a long time. Uh, Andrew Newberg, who wrote the book, How Enlightenment Changes Your Brain, says that it takes 20 to 40 minutes to get into that deep state of flow, even mm -hmm. for experienced meditators. And so how can you cut that down? Because you know, like, like, for example, if you have 30 minutes to meditate and it takes you 20 minutes to get to flow, right. you have 10 minutes in flow. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> so right. how do you cut that down to five minutes to get there or ten minutes to get there so you right. maximize your time meditation? Like you, you know, with hypnosis, you can get there quickly. Most people, it's taking them half an hour or more. And it turns out that the answer I found is that you mimic the physiological state of a master meditator. So what we've been researching now is this style of meditation called eco-meditation, ECO meditation. And what people do is they sit in a certain way, certain posture, breathe at a certain rate, visualize certain things, relax certain muscles. And when you adopt this posture of that master meditator, you just drop into that state because you're giving your body all the cues as if you were there already. So you're giving your body mechanical cues. And one of those, for example, is to relax your tongue on the floor of your mouth. When you do that, you send a signal to your vagus nerve that puts you into relaxation mode and it travels mm. throughout your whole body. So there are certain very, very simple physiological little hacks like that you use to tell your body, okay, I'm ready for relaxation. Do those all together. There's seven of them, and suddenly you're in that same state. We had one woman called Tony Tomlinson, who, uh, his, whose story is in Bliss Brain, and she wrote and wrote me this beautiful story. She said, you know, I've been trying to learn to meditate for the last few years. I've tried all these different meditation styles. None of them have worked for me. I'm totally burned out on life. I'm burned out on parenting. And when I sat down to do your seven steps, Dawson, I said to myself, Tony, you fail at every other meditation, you'll fail at this one too. But as she did step three, she said, tears of bliss began to flow down my cheeks, and I was in that ecstatic state I've always wanted to be in. We have people who, who write to us every week with similar stories, and so we know people can get there really quickly if they follow those methods. Um, another two-part question. One is the importance... Um, uh, and maybe uh, some of the fear some people have of meditation, they think, oh, I've got too much monkey chatter, I can't handle that, and they, they have trouble with letting the thoughts just kind of drift off. What can they do for that? And um, how important is the power of intention when working with your bliss brain uh, flow meditation, echo meditation? Well, as far as that worry about uh, shutting down the monkey mind, um, it, it It is the central challenge of the meditator to suppress that mind-wandering. It's called self-referential thinking, and it's done in a particular part of the brain called the midprefrontal cortex. And so the midprefrontal cortex is right behind the center of your forehead over here, and it's the part of the brain that builds the self. So the midprefrontal cortex is a key part of what's called the default mode network. And in people who close their eyes and try and meditate, the default mode network lights up. It's all about self. It's all about the bad stuff that happened to you in the past, the bad stuff that might happen to you in the future, and you then aren't able to center yourself. And so that is the central problem that meditators have to solve. And we find with those Tibetan monks with 10,000 hours, they can shut off the default mode network in a few seconds. They close their eyes and they, they are able to turn off all that mind chatter. That's exactly the key brain region that was turned off by eco-meditation in those novices doing it for a month, just one month, and they learned to turn off that mind chatter. So um, it's still there, so they're in the background, but because eco-meditation is physiologically based, you're just doing things with your body, that means that even if your mind's still active, in fact, we give your mind little tasks to do, simple little breathing exercises, so yeah. some sense of, hey, I'm important, but basically, 
all the egotistical rambling that your mind tends to do that keeps you unhappy is gone. And so um, all of that disappears, and then you are able to feel that sense of moving to an elevated state. At that point, a different part of your brain comes online called the insula. And that's part of your brain that handles what's called pro-social interactions. So compassion, altruism, love, generosity, all those things are handled by highly specialized neurons in the insula. And we found in that study that the insula people doing meditation lit up like a Christmas tree. They had a highly active sense of compassion and a highly active brain activity in the insula simultaneously with the shutdown of the default mode network. So that's that state. And at that point, you know, I, I would look, when I was first um, reading the stories of the Ramakrishna and St. Francis and St. Teresa and all these great the Sufi saints like Hafiz and Rumi, and they talk about these ecstatic states. And when I was um, getting to meditation myself, I just couldn't relate. I mean, how could these guys be that happy? How could the Shakers and Quakers in early America literally shake with ecstasy? But we find that the, the, the neurochemicals of orgasm actually are released in the brains of these people. They're sitting there, they're in these elevated emotional states, and they literally are having a spiritual orgasm with oxytocin and prolactin and serotonin, dopamine, all these highly pleasurable neurochemicals flowing through their brains. So that's how the okay. brain is changed by this type of meditation. Okay, Dawson Church, my special guest on Guys Guys Radio. Bliss Brain is the book, The Neuroscience of Remodeling Your Brain for Resilience, Creativity, and Joy. When people are going, entering their meditative state and to follow your echo meditation sessions and system, do they need to have any type of intention? Should it be what, you know, when I meditate, I, I don't ask, I don't meditate on specific issues. I just like, if there's something, what do I need to know? Or I don't do anything. I just kind of blank out. Is it important for meditators following your system to have any type of attention, intention or focus on any area they want to work on, or is it just pretty much getting into that flow state? It's getting into the flow state because what you want to work on in your intentions are the default mode network and about me. I call it the me show. And when the me show is active, when you're focused on that self-referential thinking, even if it's for good intentions, it's about me. You want to let go. And that's why the title of my previous book isn't Mind Over Matter. A lot of people talk about the, the secret, the law of attraction, making things happen, having intentions. And I respect that work. But I believe that many people are thinking and intending local mind, their local selves, their conditioned selves. So I want this or I want to avoid that. And the Buddha called that the root of all suffering is aspiring desire, right? this desire yeah and so that's why you suffer so what having intentions wanting stuff is what traps you in suffering in mind to matter what i talk about instead is letting go of local mind and then merging with non-local mind and in non-local mind there's all the wisdom of the universe there's all the love in the world there's all this joy there's all this compassion and it's just flooding through your mind Great. and the stuff you want then robert is very different from the stuff you want when you're stuck at the level of local mind. I want this car, I want this wife, I want this husband, I want this job, I want to live in this place, and if I'd had that all, I'd be happy. And the answer is no, you have the, the key to happiness there right away. You just have to let go of all that local attachment, release into non-local mind, and then you're in the place of infinite love, wisdom, in which nothing is lacking. Fantastic. Um, 
I think the importance of uh, meditation and your system, in particular for our listeners, is um, uh, has to do with the, the the topic that is going to be, if it's not already, on the tip of every boomer's tongue, and that is longevity, aging. And uh, you also mention a lot about DHEA in your book. T- talk to us about the how how meditation and your practices help with longevity help with uh, slowing down the and maybe even reversing the aging process and also uh, why is DHEA important? What is it and how, how does it work? Yeah, I've done several studies of stress hormones and your main stress hormone is cortisol. And so when you have to deal with any stressor, if you're going to fight or flight, your body makes a fast acting neurotransmitter, which is adrenaline, and it makes a slow-acting one called cortisol. And slow means there's going to be four or five seconds rather than a second or two for adrenaline. So your body makes cortisol, but it makes it out of two precursors, pregnenolone and progesterone. And those are the same two precursors as the body uses for DHEA, which is your main cell regeneration hormones. So DHEA gives you muscle mass, gives you skin elasticity, gives you bone density, cell communication. DHEA is your most common hormone, and it's really the fundamental hormone of anti-aging and cell communication and cell restoration in your body. And so when your body is called upon to make cortisol, it has to get that pregnenolone and progesterone from somewhere, and it gets it by scavenging and disassembling those DHEA molecules. So stress is literally, as it drives up your cortisol, driving down your DHEA. Now, when you do meditation, when you do tapping, the reverse thing happens. Your levels of stress psychologically drop, your levels of cortisol drop. This frees up all that progesterone and pregnenolone to make the good stuff, to make DHEA. And in one study I did, I actually did two companion studies, one of eco-meditation, one of, one of EFT. We also looked at antibodies, and these are your primary line of defense against viruses. And we found that as cortisol dropped, immunoglobulin levels skyrocketed. In one week, two-day study, we found that eco-meditation raised immunoglobulins by 27% in just 48 hours. I mean, a massive increase in immunity in the EFT study in a week, it raised antibodies, immunoglobulins by 113%. So as cortisol drops, all these biological resources become available for rejuvenation. And what that does, so that this is this is short-term. I'm talking about short-term stress reduction. So short-term, I feel better. I have a big shift in my internal biological composition. But what does that result in long-term? And that's longevity. And so in one study, uh, a 30-year study of people's psychology, they found that having a positive frame of mind produced a much higher chance of hitting the age of 85. And that once you hit an advanced old age, optimists and people with positive mental frameworks lived 10 years longer 10 years longer than pessimists. That's just one study of one important psychological building block. Uh, Others of, uh, of, of, of various kinds of psychology finds that being positive increases the length of your telomeres, which are your main anti-aging markers. It decreases the amount of beta amyloid plaques in your brain. In one study I talk about in Mind to Matter, gamma, the main brain wave that's generated by meditation, reduced the amount, this is a mouse study, it reduced that gamma 
frequency reduced the amount of beta amyloid plaques in the brains of mice by 50% in one hour. So the health effects of these techniques are absolutely spectacular and produce not just a year or two or maybe a 5 or 10% increase in longevity, they produce a decade at least of longevity. So these short-term actions, you know, you, you might think, okay, I'm going to think negatively about this. I'm going to worry about the pandemic. I'm going to worry about the third wave. I'm going to worry about the world. I'm going to worry about this, that, and the next thing. Don't. Go meditate instead. Now, it isn't as though you'll become a uh, spaced-out, um, useless human being. Our social, the people who are social activists, the people who are entrepreneurs, the people who are effective, the people who are productive, they tend to be meditators. And one study found that people in those flow states have five times the productivity of people in ordinary states, not 5%, five-fold. In other words, getting done in one day what takes the average person five days to do. So getting to these states is having a profound effect on the outside world as well. Uh, do you believe that uh, sound healing then that uses various tones can augment the, the work with the echo meditation system? Yeah, I believe external vibrational healing like sound can be effective as well. And an example is in Qigong. Uh, and Qigong masters talk about sometimes you can correct yourself. Other times you need external qi. So you can use various external devices to support your health as well. Got it. Uh, how long have you been practicing what's in the book, The Echo Meditation System, and what have been the results for you personally? I began to practice it a little bit around 2008. I began to practice uh, meditation daily in 2001, so it's been 20-some-odd years of uh, meditation daily, but it's been more and more and more successfully. And then I reached this point, and again, we look at this in the book as well, where you've simply built enough brain tissue and again, your brain tissue starts to change in four weeks. But now you have a huge amount of those circuits of bliss. So I, you know, I, I mean, in the year after I had the house burned down, we had a huge financial crash as well. We lost all of our savings, all, all our retirement accounts in the following year. Um, I'd have an operation. It wasn't an easy year. And in that year, I wrote Bliss Brain. <laughs> it's just outrageous and so i wanted to share with people it's like you know you got to, i just wanted to share with people that you can just become so outrageously happy that seeming disaster doesn't affect your internal state now you respond appropriately you feel sadness when your neighbors die you feel grief for your own losses you you're going to age you're going to die at some point eventually as well but again you're doing this as an empowered human being and Having access to these states and being in them every day is incredibly powerful. So I, I make that my priority. I also talk in Brain about how these states are highly addictive. You want that serotonin. You crave that dopamine because dopamine is the same chemical released in cocaine and heroin. Dopamine as serotonin is the same as psilocybin, magic mushrooms. You're making your own magic mushrooms and ayahuasca and MDMA all of these molecular analogs are the result of meditation. So it's highly addictive. And I wake up in the morning and I just meditate. First thing, I've got to have my fix. Of all those <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Guys Guys Radio, very special guest. And he's got an infectious laugh and really on it. And I can see that it's been working for you and you're a fine example of 
putting your work into practice after all you've been through. So Dawson Church, the name of the book is Bliss Brain, the Neuroscience of Remodeling Your Brain for Resilience, Creativity, and Joy. Please tell our listeners where they can learn more about you, Bliss Brain, etc. Well, thanks to a very generous publisher, we're making Bliss Brain available free of charge. You only pay shipping and handling at blissbrain.com. So you can get a hard copy of the book there at blissbrain.com. And also you'll find access there to our certification program, our live workshops, and all the other freebies that we offer. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Dawson Church. You're doing great work. You're helping people. You're a guy's guy. And thanks for being on our show. Come back whenever you want. Okay? It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Robert. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Okay, that was a terrific interview with Dawson Church, who joined us, a very prolific writer and teacher. The latest book again, Bliss Brain, The Neuroscience of Remodeling Your Brain for Resilience, Creativity, and Joy. And uh, what did we learn? So, uh, you know, there was a lot, there's a lot in this book and a lot in his other books, and it's all about neuroscience. So it's about how your brain works and, and what you can do to really uh, master your thoughts, manage your thoughts, because, uh, you know, we really uh, live our thoughts in so many ways. And, uh, you know, the, the, the future, it can be filled with anxiety, and the past can be filled with regret, but the only thing that really counts is right now. And if you can start to uh, clear your mind out and really experience the, the right now, uh, second by second, moment by moment, day by hour by hour, day by day, you'll be creating your own life uh, one step at a time, and you'll have a lot more power in how you live. So uh, Dawson taught us a lot of uh, methodologies for doing that. Number one, understanding that thoughts are things. You think positive thoughts, you're going to be in a lot better position of creating some positivity. Uh, If you think negative thoughts, you may attract them to you and something you certainly don't want to do. Secondly, the power and the importance of meditation. It really clears you out and it really puts you in a position to align with um, spirit, if you will. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we think we have all kinds of free will, but, you know, we're pretty much uh, on a divine track and uh, we're not necessarily in control of all of that, but we do have... uh, you know, we, we, do, we do have choice in a lot of ways, but we don't have as much choice as you may think we do because we're all part of a bigger plan. So meditation is important and uh, it can really help you and also can relax you and help you in a lot of healthy, healthy ways. Just Google, you know, benefits of meditation if you want to get more. Dawson also talked about tapping or what's called the emotional freedom technique, which is you uh, use this technique to kind of reframe and rewire some of your subconscious software, if you will. And uh, you're tapping various uh, meridians, about five or six of them, uh, five, six or seven meridians in your body as you're uh, repeating something that uh, you want to uh, take care of and address. And it's pretty easy to do, and uh, you can just Google that. Uh, emotional freedom technique or tapping and there's all kinds of YouTube videos and everything else to show you exactly how to do and it's pretty simple stuff and uh, it, it's effective so uh, it's up to you though and uh, like with anything else whether it's meditation or tapping or y- you have to put it into practice so it's part of your lifestyle if you just do it intermittently sure you'll get some benefit but you're not going to get the real benefit unless you start to really integrate it into your daily life so things to con- consider there and uh, 
Bottom line is we have a lot more power than we think we do or we've been told. So keep that in mind. Thoughts are things. Stay positive. Guys, Guys Radio, we're here on KCAA in Southern California every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific Time, 102.3, 106.5 FM, 10.50 a.m. The show rebroadcasts every Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific Time on KCAA. The podcast drops worldwide every Thursday. We're on 25 different platforms, including all the big ones. We're on iHeartRadio and uh, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Spotify and pretty much everywhere you would consume your podcast, you can find us there. Just look up my name, Robert Manny or Guys Guys Radio, and you'll find us. Also, my website, robertmanny.com, M-A-N-N-I, is chock full of uh, free information for you. Basically, I've written over 300 blog posts about everything, about life, love, the pursuit of happiness, relationships, wellness, diet, fitness, business, you know, just dealing with friends and relatives and all kinds of stuff, the usual challenges through my own guys, guys lens, if you will, and uh, they're there for, for free. You can also download three free chapters of my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, which is uh, it's a romantic comedy, basically, about two guys in advertising in New York City competing for love, sex, power, and money. There's a lot of strong women and a couple of flawed guys there, but it's a lot of fun, and it's about friendship and love and redemption, and uh, people seem to really enjoy it. So you can pick that up on, uh, if you want the full book, you can go to uh, Amazon or wherever you buy your books. You should be able to find it online. You can get the physical copy or the ebook, and uh, I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. You can check out all the reviews and stuff on Amazon. So we've got a lot of great guests coming up on Guys Guys Radio. Uh, it's very exciting because now we are on 25 platforms. We're global. We're in the top 100 shows in our category in uh, Canada, in the United Kingdom, and also in Australia. And with our new platforms here, we're going to be growing like crazy. And we've got a lot of really interesting guests coming up that I, uh, I've invited onto the show because I feel that they have something to offer and something for you to consider and something that may inform you and inspire you and, as I say, empower you and get you to think and feel and who knows, maybe even act. But it's up to you. You can take what they have to say uh, with a grain of salt, or you can really dig into their stories, their journeys, and their insights, and, uh, and also what I have to offer you, because I do my best to kind of shape what they're saying at the end of the show. So, Guys Guys Radio, we're here every Wednesday. I thank my listeners, I thank my guests, and I look forward to seeing you guys next week. And until then, like I always say, guys, guys, finish first. Thank you.